Well, good morning. How's everyone doing? Good, good. All right, I heard a few. I heard a few there back. Better than, uh, man, last week was rough, man. I was like, how you doing? Crickets. You literally heard crickets outside. It was, it was crazy. But uh, no, we've been uh, talking about over the last few weeks that um, what we call the Fab Five. And what is the Fab Five? The Fab Five are five fabulous commandments that Jesus gives us, five fabulous uh, things for us to apply to our life, um, because why? why? Why would we apply these things for our life? Well, because I believe, and I think majority of the people in this room believe, that life is better following Jesus. Life is better following Jesus, and following Jesus makes you better at life. And we looked at over the last couple of weeks the different, some of the uh, fab fives. And the first one we talked about, Juan talked about, was uh, sin. And, and Jesus said, listen, sin no more. Sin no more. Sin no more. You know, how is that going for you? How is that working out for you? When you decide to make, you know, decisions in your life that are, you know, detrimental to your, to your soul and hurt, hurt yourself in the, in the long run. Because that's what Juan said. Juan said sin is uh, the destruction of all things. Uh, Sin destroys relationships, it, and, and, and that's, those are the most important things that we have in our life is our, our relationship, and sin destroys those things. And, and so Jesus says, listen, I've given you what you need so that you can sin no more. You can sin no more. It is possible uh, for you to do that. How do we, why do we believe that that's possible? Well, we believe it's possible because Jesus, who predicted that he would die, did, predicted that he would be buried was and predicted that he would rise from the grave and he did that too so anybody that can predict their own death and resurrection and pull it off he has a lot of credibility for me and I hope he does for you and so um, we just believe that following Jesus just makes you Better at life, it makes your life better. That's what we believe, and I hope that you believe that as well. So we all, the last week we talked about worry. Jesus actually said, I know this seems impossible, uh, but worry no more, worry no more. You thought, man, sin no more, that's impossible, but worry no more, worry no more, really? I mean, that's how do we not worry about things? But again, we, Jesus tells us that we don't need to worry. And worry, we said, was a trust issue. Worry is a, a trust in God issue that we worry because we don't have the ability to trust God in a, in a way that he wants us to. And so we allow worry uh, to overtake our lives. So that's just an overview. You can even go back and listen to these messages. You can go on our website. You can go to iTunes, I think, podcasts and do that. And uh, Google, maybe. Yep, yep. Go, you can go. So you, there's ways that you can go back and listen to these. I would encourage you to do that. So today, today is, uh, I'm going to tell a story. And, uh, the, and the reason I'm going to tell this story today is because my wife is downstairs. <laughs> and she's working with the kids. So we'll, we'll uh, tell this story, but you got to keep it between us and don't let her know that you hear the story. So um, when we were having kids, um, our kids had um, a, a rare uh, platelet deficiency. It was uh, just this rare kind of a thing that our kids had. Well, because of that, it, it, my wife was forced to, before you know, we, she you know, delivered the babies, that she had to go into the hospital and have um, transfusions done and, and like 
couple days a week, she had to go into the hospital, get these, get these transfusions done. And uh, for, for months and months and months, she had to, she had to do this. And then, the, and then the babies came and, and uh, praise God, thank you, Jesus, that they were all good and healthy today and they're all good. But it was, you know, touch and go a little bit, uh, you know, uh, you know for, for a couple of our, our kids. And, and, and they had to spend some time. Um, in the hospital after they were, they were born. We had to spend weeks in the hospital, uh, in the NICUs and all that stuff. And, and uh, just, just, it was just part, you know, just what we had to deal with. And so, as you can imagine, uh, the, the amount of times that my wife went into the hospital, the times that we spent in the hospital when our kids, after our kids were born, um, the amount of bills that accrued over that, that accumulated over that, that time. Many of you have, have experienced this yourself. You've you know, had all these things, that, bills that added up, added up, added up. And so we were going, I'm like, I'm a pastor. My wife doesn't work. She's a stay-at-home mom. And we can't, we don't even know what to do with this. And so we prayed and then we also, you know, made some phone calls. And so we called and we said, listen, we're, we're not going to be able to pay this. Like you, you're giving us like this two-year window. There's no way we're going to be able to pay this. So um, they said, well, you know, give us all of your, you know, financial information and we'll take a look at it. And so we did. We submitted all of this financial information to them. And, and uh, a few months later, uh, not, maybe not that long, but a couple months later, they, they wrote a letter back to us saying that you're, all of your debt, it was somewhere around 10, 10 grand or something like that. They said, all of your debt is forgiven in this letter. It was all wiped clean. We're like, what in the world? Like we were hoping to maybe like longer extended period of time or, you know, sh- you know, smaller monthly payments, you know, over the next 30 years, you know, something <laughs> along those lines. But they're like, your, your debt is completely forgiven. So um, shortly before that, we wrote a hundred dollar check to a, our local doctor's office. We just wrote this $100 check to the local doctor's office. So I went to Katie and I said, Katie, I said, can you, you, you need to go and get that $100 back. And she's like, what do you want me to, I, I want you to go and get that $100 back. We don't owe that $100. They forgave our debt. So we don't have, to, we don't owe that $100. And she said, okay, all right. So she went to the do- local doctor's office and she went up to the lady that was behind the counter and she said, um, I would like uh, our, our $100 back. And they're like, you know, the lady's kind of like puzzled and looks at her and she's like, what? And she's, I would like our $100 back. And so the lady says, listen, uh, ma'am, we can't give you your $100 back. We're, we're glad that your, your debt was forgiven, but, but you're now asking us to give you just $100 back? And my wife said, yeah, yeah, we want $100 back. And so the lady starts to, you know, raise her voice a little bit. And my wife, you know, you don't mess with my wife, man. I mean, she's tough. <laughs> Right, right. She's tough. I'm looking at my kid, and uh, I said, "What?" She said, "Well, I said, what happened then?" She said, "Well, she just started getting in my face," and I said, "Are you serious?" She says, "Yeah." She started getting in my face, and we were, you know, vocally, and now everybody's in the in the waiting room is now looking at us, and we're yelling at each other, and and the, you, she said, "You wouldn't believe what happened." She said, "The lady behind the desk slapped me in the face." And my wife, she said, I just jumped over that counter and I just started choking her out until she passed out. And she said, I want my $100 back. 
Well, the hospital found out about that and they sent us another letter and said, we heard what you did and we're not forgiving your debt anymore. We're now reinstating that you owe us $10,000. My wife didn't, none of this story is really true. Whatsoever. <laughs> are you a little relieved right now? Some of you guests are like, what in the world did I show up to? Only half of the story is true. Um, you decide which half. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, none of that is true. But isn't that ridiculous? Wouldn't that be so absurd of us that we had this debt that was forgiven and then we went and we wanted $100 back even though $10,000 of that debt was forgiven? Wouldn't that have been so ridiculous? Absolutely ridiculous. Now, how many of you, when you hear in the story, can a little kind of relate to some of maybe like the getting upset at, at someone or you feel anger or you feel like you've been wronged and you feel that hurt. Anybody ever feel that in, in your life? Like you feel like you've been wronged. You feel like you've been hurt. You feel like you've been mistreated. You have been, you know, neglected. You've been, you know, you know, uh, you know maybe you've been abused. It, I don't know what your story is, but here's what I know. All of us in this room carry around, oftentimes we carry around a lot of hurt, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, a lot of bitterness, and many rightfully so. Many of you have legitimate, 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 legitimate reasons for you to be upset, for you to be angry, for you to be hurt, for you because you were disappointed in your life or you were neglected in your, in your life or you were mistreated in your life and you just, you have legitimate concerns, legitimate reasons to be angry, to be angry. And you have these, and like, I don't know, I think I do something. You have these like imaginary, you know, things that you want to, you know, have with conflict with somebody. You know, maybe like you have this imaginary conversation with somebody that you just want to just lay into, don't you? Like maybe it's like a spouse, they did something to you and you're like, when I get home, man, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna rip into him. You know, he's just gonna hear it. And sometimes he does. And you have maybe these imaginary conversations with your kids. You know, your kids do these things and you try to keep it together. You know, you try not to overreact, but you know, your kids do some, some things that you're just like, what in the world is going on? I mean, it, just for example, I was taking my kids to a, two of my kids to a, to a movie the other night and on the way there, my daughter goes, dad, I don't know where my one flip-flop is. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know where your one flip-flop is? I said, I said well, what, what, what's the, where is it at? I, we looked under the seats. It was not anywhere in the seats. And then my other son goes, my youngest son goes, I think I threw it out the window, Dad. <laughs> you think you threw it out the window? I don't rem he goes, I don't remember. I don't remember. And I'm trying to talk my daughter into still going into the movie theater with just one flip-flop, but she's like, I don't want to go into the movie theater with one flip-flop, so we had to go home. Like, I don't, you, I, you probably don't have these experiences like I have, but it's just like, these are the things that are irritating. They're, they're, you, they, they aggra they're aggravating, right? 
all of us have, and we have these, you know, maybe it's the, somebody that you're driving down the road and that person cut you off. Nobody is, you know, is praising Jesus when that happens, right? These are the things that we all deal with. We all have these things. Now, some on a, on a, on a small scale, like somebody cutting you off, small scale, but others are on a very, very large, sensitive scale. A lot of them that you have, boy, you've really had some hurt, some pain. You've really had some struggle, some difficulties. You've really had people that you thought that cared about you and loved you have mistreated you. Some have abandoned you. Fortunately for us, there's been people that have been wondering, what do we do with that for a long time? What do I do with this anger? What do I do with this resentment? What do I do with this bitterness? What do I do with this grief? How do I deal with this confusion? This, how do I deal with that? Well, I think for the longest time, we've had people that deal with these things and wonder, what is the solution to it? How do we, how do we you know, get our minds and our, our arms around this and, and, and what is the fix? What is the cure for this stuff that I'm carrying around? This bitterness, this hurt, anger. What do, how do I get rid of this? Because I think it's affecting me and they don't seem to be bothered by it, but I think it's affecting me. So what do we do? Well, the Bible helps us with that. Jesus tells a story, a similar story that I just told um, to you. Um, that's kind of where I came up with a story, is what Jesus tells about this story. But before he goes into, the, uh, into a story, um, he has a conversation with Peter. And here's what it says in, in Matthew chapter 18, in verse number 21. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? In other words, hey, Lord, how often should I forgive somebody who has continually wrongs me, who continually hurts me, who has continually mistreated me? How long should I forgive him? And then Peter thinks he's being, you know, super spiritual, says to Jesus, up to seven times? So the law, the Old Testament the Old Testament law, the, the, the Judaism law, they required that you forgive people and they had what was called like a, what I would call like a three strikeout th- you know, situation. You know, if they do something to hurt you or wrong you, you forgive them once, you forgive them again, but on the third time, they're out, they're out. You, you don't have to forgive them anymore. So Peter is thinking, I'm gonna double that and add one for good measure because that's kind of how I think Jesus is. And so he says, well, how, how much should I forgive him? Up to seven times? Up to seven times? Should that be the limit? Should I go seven rounds with this person? They continually hurt me. I forgive them. They continually hurt me. I forgive them. They continually hurt me. I forgive them. Should I go seven rounds with them? And Jesus said in verse 22, and Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, I pulled out my phone calculator and I did those numbers. 
and I came up with 490. Now, this is not what Jesus meant when he meant 70 times seven. What Jesus meant was this, and this is fab five number three. This is one of the commandments that Jesus taught, Jesus continually taught and said, here's what he says. What he meant by that was this, forgive every time. That is the remedy. That is the solution. That is the, the, the thing that we do, the behavior that we have, the decision that we make in order for us to deal with the hurt and the pain and the anger that we feel inside. That Jesus says, here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand that the way you deal with your hurt and anger and your mistreatment and your neglect and your abuse and the people that have lashed out at you, the people that have wronged you, the people that have mistreated you. He says, the way that I want you to deal with this is, that, is this, forgive every time. Then Jesus goes into a story. And the story goes in verse 23. He says, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. Then he says in verse 24, when he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, how much is 10,000 talents? 10,000 talents is, um, well, let's put it this way. One talent is one year's wage. One talent is one year's wage. So 10,000 times a year's wage. That's how much 10,000 talents is. That's how much this, this slave owed the king or this person owed the king. He says that 10,000 talents was brought to him. Verse 25. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. Verse 26. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him saying, have patience with me and I will repay you everything, which is absolutely impossible. It is impossible. This guy did not have the means. This guy in a in, uh, hundred lifetimes didn't have the, the means in order for him to be repaid, for the king to be repaid. He says, I will repay you everything. Have patience with me. It's, there's no way. There's no way that he could have repaid 10,000 talents of debt that he had. Verse 27. And the Lord of, the, of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. He forgave him the debt. Wow. I mean, think about that. 10,000 talents, one talent, one year's wage, times 10,000, that amount of debt, multiple, multiple lifetimes, inability to repay, and the king felt compassion on this person and said to him, you are forgiven of all your debt. Just like that debt that I had with the hospital. There was no way I was going to be able to pay that back. Probably not in my lifetime. And I, there was no way. The only chance I had was for them to say, and have compassion, which they did. Have compassion and say, your debt is forgiven. Your debt's forgiven. 
This is, just so you know, just as a way of just letting us all in here, this is the, the debt, the sin debt, the moral debt that we have with a moral, perfect God. This is the debt that we owed God because of our brokenness, because of our sin. That there's nothing that you and I could ever do in order for us to pay back to God what we owe God because of his holiness, because of his, how perfect he is. There's nothing that we could possibly do to pay God back. And so what God did was this. God gave us grace. And that's how we're saved. How we're saved is because of grace. And God demonstrated grace by saying to us, to those who put their faith in Jesus, by saying to us, there's no way you could pay that debt. There's no way you could pay back what you owe me. But instead, because Jesus had compassion on us, our debt is paid in full. Isn't that good news for all of us? You're now debt-free when it comes to God if you put your faith in Jesus. It's paid in full. So the story goes on. That's Jesus' illustration of that in the first part of the story. So then the story goes on. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a 100 denarii. Now, what's a 100 denarii? One denarii is one day's wage. One denarii is one day's worth of pay, okay? So this guy, eh, it was a sizable debt, you know, but, it, but not compared to the 10,000 talent debt, right? Right? So this guy owed him 100 days pay, 100 days worth of pay. And he seized him and began to choke him. Don't you love that in the story that Jesus is telling here? He began to choke him saying, pay back what you owe me. Pay back what you owe me. So then in verse 29, so his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him saying, and, and this is what the, what the guy said to the king, have patience with me and I will repay you. Now, this guy probably had if over time the ability to pay back the hundred denarii. But then look what happens. And this is how irrational unforgiveness gets. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. How is he supposed to work and earn a hundred denarii to pay back the, the slave that he owed if he was in prison? It doesn't work that way. So this is how irrational. First, unforgiveness is so bizarre, like choking someone out because they owe you money. And it's so irrational to throw somebody in prisons. They don't even have the ability to pay back. Verse 31. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved. And came and reported to the Lord all that had happened. Came and reported to the king. Well, this is what happened. He tried to get a hundred denarii from me. And then, verse 32, then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you of all that debt because you pleaded with me. You remember when you came 
And I was getting ready to take your family and take all of your land and take everything that you had in your possession, everything that was important, everything that was valuable to you. You remember when I was ready to take that all from you, but instead I forgave you? And then you turned around and went to somebody who owed you a hundred denarii and you lost your mind and started choking them out for that money. And then you went even a step further and you put them in the prison to where they can't even pay you back. You remember you pleaded with me? Verse 33. Should you not also, should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way I had mercy on you? Shouldn't you have not have gone back to the, to the person who owed you something? And that's ultimately how we feel when we carry around anger, bitterness, resentment, hurt, confusion. Ultimately, how we feel is this. You owe me. You took something from me and now you owe me. You took away my childhood. You took away my innocence. You took away our commitment and our trust. You took away something that was valuable to us. You took it away from us and now you owe me. But Jesus' story says this. Just as I've showed mercy on you, in the same way, shouldn't you have shown mercy on them? Just as I gave you another opportunity to get your life back together and to have a fresh start and to wipe the slate clean, shouldn't you do that for someone else? And his Lord, verse 34, and his Lord moved with anger. Now, there's, there's, there's not, anger is not a sin, okay? I, I, and this is important that you understand this. Anger is not a sin. There's, there's holy anger. There's righteous indignation. You, some people say it, Christian terms. Some people say it that way. There isn't, the Bible says this, be angry, but sin not. So anger is not a bad emotion per se. It's just, a, it's supposed to be directed in the right place. Like you can be angry at the injustices of this world. You can be angry at how, you know, things in this life don't, just don't seem to, to work how they're supposed to work. You can be angry about those things. And so the Lord was moved with anger, had a rightful anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed to him. And he says in verse 35, my heavenly father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Now, a few principles and then you can get out of here, okay? Principle number one. 
Forgiveness is the decision to cancel a debt. Forgiveness is a decision, is a decision to cancel a debt. Now, it is your choice. It is your decision to say to someone that has wronged you, hurt you, mistreated you, whatever your story is, to say to that person, your debt is canceled. And then your pushback and my pushback is, well, that, that just lets them off the hook. That just, I, they, they don't get then what they deserve. And Jesus's point would be this. Well, first of all, you didn't get what you deserve. So you don't really wanna play that game when it comes to your relationship with God because in the reality, we didn't get what we deserve. We were shown mercy even better than that. We were shown grace. And so when we say, ah, they don't really get what they deserve. I don't know if I can let them off the hook. Listen, you're not letting them off the hook. You know what you're doing? And you know what Jesus is telling us here? Jesus is telling us that you're letting yourself off the hook. You are, when you decide to cancel a debt, you're deciding that this, you're deciding that you're gonna allow yourself to be free from that hurt and that anger. That's what forgiveness does. Forgiveness releases that hurt. Forgiveness releases that pain. Forgiveness releases that anger. Forgiveness releases that bitterness. That's what forgiveness does. And you say, how, how many times do I need to forgive them? Well, Jesus commanded us to do this. Forgive every time because it just releases that hurt releases that pain releases that anger it is a decision to cancel a debt now and I hear people say this well I, I just I, I this is my story you know and I hear I hear them all the time and they're and they're they're sad stories and they're difficult stories to hear and I I hate that you have to have gone through that circumstance in your life, that situation in your life, and that hurt in your life. I hate that you've had to go through that. And people will say, well, this is just my story. This is just my story. Now, it can be your story, but you know what makes for a better story? Is that when you tell and you have an opportunity or a platform that maybe God gives you, and you tell that story, but then that story ends with, but you know what I did for my sake? You know what I did for my soul? You know what I did for my heart? I forgave him. I forgave her. That makes for the best stories, isn't it? I mean, come on. You watch these things. You read these things. These things are on, you know, the internet you can view. Man, it's amazing. Man, they've gone through hurt, pain, struggle, battle, and then you're going, and they forgave them? How does they do that? There's something powerful about that. There's something about that that God has orchestrated to make for the best stories. Forgiveness is a decision. It's a choice that you make to cancel that debt. Forgiveness is the decision to dole out a gift, to dole out a gift. 
The way that Jesus describes forgiveness in this story, he describes it like a gift. He says, you know what forgiveness is? Forgiveness is like a gift. I knew a guy that, man, this guy, I don't know why, but he carried around just piles and piles of fireballs. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Those candy fireballs, I brought some with me. And this guy had, do you, you know what I'm talking about? These fireballs right here. I love these things. These are like my favorite. If you give me like a box of these, they'll be gone in a month. And I, I love these things. I'm telling these, this guy handed out and he just handed out. Like every time that we would see him, you know, he would be like, here you go, man. And you know, he would just throw some fireballs at us. You know, like, here you go. You know, here you go. There you go. You know, here you go. Yep. He would just like, hey, just dole out, you know, fireballs left and right, just nonstop. Be like, Hey, do you want a fireball? There you go. There's a fireball. You want a fireball? Does somebody in the back want a fireball? There you go. You can have a fireball back there. Listen, it was just, he just, this is what he did. He just doled out a gift. Jesus did this. Here's what Jesus did. One of the few words that Jesus said on the cross was this. Jesus, few words that he said while he was on the cross said, you know what he said? He looked down at those who put him on the cross. He looked down at those and he said, you know what? Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In other words, Father, forgive them because they're a bunch of airheads. And you know what you should do? Forgiveness, settle down over there. Forgiveness is a gift that is a gift that we doll out. Forgiveness is, hey, you know what? Listen, I know, I know, you hurt me, I know, but you know, you're just an airhead. It's okay, but I forgive you. You're an air, airhead, I forgive you. You made a mistake, you're an airhead, I forgive you. You're an airhead, I forgive you. You hurt me, you're an airhead, I forgive you. Listen, that's what forgiveness is. Now, I don't suggest that you go up to that person and say, you're an airhead, I forgive you. The point is this. You just don't know what you did and how you affected me. And even though, listen, this is important, this is important. Even though you don't quite understand how that has hurt me, how that has affected me, I just want you to know for my sake, not for yours, but for my sake. Not because of how I feel, but it's a decision that I make. This is important too, because you're not gonna feel like canceling the debt. You're not gonna feel like doling out a gift. But it's a decision that you make, and it's a gift that you extend every single time. You don't know what you're doing, but I forgive you. You don't know how you hurt me, but I forgive you. You don't know how you treated me, but I forgive you. You'll have no idea the magnitude of what you've done to me in my heart, but I forgive you. And Peter said, should we do this seven times? Jesus said, nope, you do it every single time. Because it's your heart. It's your heart that he wants to keep pure. It's your heart that he wants to free from all hurt and bitterness and struggle. It's a decision to dole out a gift, to dole out a gift. The third one is forgiveness 
is a decision done in light of what was done for you, not to you. This is the mindset. Are you with me? This is the mindset. The mindset is you hurt me, you wronged me, you mistreated me, you neglected me, you abused me, you took advantage of me, whatever it is that your mindset is, listen, but I am not gonna forgive you because of what you have done to me. I am gonna forgive you because of what was done for me. The mindset is I'm looking to Jesus. I'm looking to Jesus. I'm looking to Jesus. Why? Because following Jesus makes you better at life. Following Jesus makes your life better. In light of the decision you choose to forgive because of Jesus said your debt was 10,000 talents. Their debt was 100 denarii. In the grand scheme of things, you should just turn around and forgive them in light of what was done for you. For you. So what's the process to forgive? What's the process? Here's a few things. Number one, communicate what they owe you. Communicate what they owe you. Here's what, this, here's what I'm telling you to do. Here's what I'm telling you to do. Sit down, write it out. What do they owe you? Write it down, write it down, write everything down. And then here's what I want you to do. I want you to write it all out, communicate what they owe you. I want you to write it all out and then I want you to put it in an envelope and I want you to burn it. Or bury it. I've heard people that have done that. They go out into their backyard, dig up, dig a hole, bury it. I've heard people take uh, things of the, how they've been wronged, how they've, people have sinned against them, hurt. I've seen that they've nailed it to a cross. I don't know where you get a cross, but you could find a cross somewhere, nail it to the cross because all it is is sin that was paid for anyways. You know what you can do? You can bring it to me. You can write it out, put it in an envelope, bring it to me, and I'll take it, and I'll dispose of it for you. And now you have somebody in, in, you know, that knows that you've decided to communicate what someone owes you. But then I want you to cancel the debt. I want you to cancel the debt. I want you to say, and maybe they're gone, maybe, maybe they're, they've... Maybe you don't have means to sit down with them. Maybe, I don't know what that is, but I want you to, to, to do this. I want you to, to say, decide, I'm canceling their debt. I'm canceling their debt. Because I'm not gonna live my life in, in light of what was done to me. Nope. I'm going to live my life in light of what was done for me. And I'm not going to carry around any resentment or bitterness anymore. I'm not going to carry it around anymore. Instead, I'm going to communicate what they owe me, and then I'm going to cancel that debt, and then I'm going to close the case. Now, here's what I need you to know is going to happen, okay? Here's what I need you to know is going to happen. Your feelings, your emotions take longer to catch up to a decision that you make. 
So your feelings and your emotions that continue to rise up inside of you, and those are okay, those feelings and emotions that come to the surface of your life, they are coming up to the surface of your life for a reason. Because God wants you to take those things that come up in the surface of your life, God wants you to take those things, and God wants you to remove those things. And how you remove those things, you cancel the debt, and then you close the case. And then when those emotions keep coming back to you, you know what you say to those emotions? You say to those emotions, this case is closed. Their debt was forgiven. And what that does for your heart, it transforms it like you wouldn't believe. And it frees you to live a life that God has always intended you to live. This is the process. This is the way to go. It is a decision. Come on, come on. It is a decision to say, hey, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. It is a decision to dole out a gift in light of what was done for you, not to you. Communicate it. Cancel it. And close the case. I know, I know. Well, you don't know my story. I know, I know, I know. I know. But do yourself a favor. Do your heart a favor. Cancel the debt. Close the case. Father, um, whoo. I've, I've had opportunities that just come with this job of hearing some horrific, hurtful, painful, agonizing stories of hurt. And God, even sometimes I'm tempted to say, you know what, you, you, you deserve to try to get anything back than what they owe you. But Lord, ultimately... We'll never get it. And you know that. That will never satisfy. It's always going to fall short. So the only alternative we have is to do what you tell us to do. And that's just to forgive every time. To cancel that debt. And to close the case. And even though they don't deserve a gift, we didn't deserve that gift either of forgiveness. And our sin weight, our sin debt, far, far outweighs what somebody else owes us. I pray that that's always in view when we decide to forgive. Thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen.